It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd, plus... You're loving him. Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah. And we are one second into a new week here on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. G. Bush already complaining about his earpiece. And Earl, we just learned within the last 30 seconds that G. Bush was the only person in the greater Cleveland area who was unaware that Drake not only performed once in Cleveland this weekend, but he played twice. And G. Bush, you had no idea. Bro, I had no idea because, you know, I'm just, first of all, when I'm, out, when I'm off, I'm untapped. I'm untapped from the, from the whole mainframe. I ain't about to just be... Like, but it's not like it was just announced that Drake and J. Cole was coming to Cleveland. I never saw that. <laughs> like, this has been this news been a thing for a while. For months, yeah. I've, I've never, on It what? even got delayed twice. On what? Did it? Yeah, he delayed like the everywhere. whole tour. Steve, Steve you knew about it, right? Either. Like, was it on Twitter? It was on Twitter, it was on Facebook, it was on Instagram. He Instagrammed himself in Marble Room on Friday. Yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't see that. I didn't get that. Drizzy, I did, I, he was here, like, you should join his name. <laughs> His player put on two shows, sold out both nights. Bad job out of you. Anthony told us he moved $800 in merch on Saturday alone. 800000 excuse me, not $800. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a really fan guy, man. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a stadium type. I got to come through, and it got to be laser lights. It got to be dudes doing backflips on roller skates. I got to be entertained. I can't just see Drake out there just... Saying, oh, 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 from what I was told, Drake and J. Cole put on a, a pretty damn good show. I'm not a fan of stadium concerts in general where you're just stuck in a seat. Like, if I want to sit down and listen to somebody, I could do it in my car. I mean, he's, but he's trying to steal somebody's girl for two hours <laughs> on stage. Just my, my, my question what do you think he does on Sunday, though? So he plays a show Saturday night. Obviously, he, he rents out a club on what, six afterwards, goes out, does his thing. But he doesn't play till eight o'clock on Sunday. What does Drake's Sunday in Cleveland look like? Go get breakfast, first and foremost. And them dudes don't be out like that. He probably was. He probably already had it set up. Sunday's a traveling day. He played. Yeah. Like He, he, play, he played in Cleveland, yeah. And then he left right afterwards. Yeah, but his show what's, wasn't what's he until doing like from, 8 o'clock last yeah. night. What's, what's he doing on Sunday afternoon in Cleveland? He didn't sleep all day up until You think show. he's checking out the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Man, don't nobody be. Don't, I feel like don't nobody be going sightseeing before no shows like that, bro. That's my point, G. So what do you think he did? He is in that trailer or the hotel room or trying to like talk to a girl, trying to get this girl from like 
Houston, Atlanta, Vegas or something to come through or a girl that he was there like seven weeks, seven. You know what? I used to know a girl that used to mess with J.R. Smith. Now I'm, I'm trying to get at her like that. So that's it. He's not outside doing no, no, no cool stuff. What do you think? He probably went to breakfast. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was outside. I, I don't see that dude just sitting in the hotel seven, eight, seven, eight hours before a show. He was in a museum. That's like cabin fever. I know he went to eat. I'm pretty sure he went outside to eat. He got some grub. But it ain't, I don't see him at no art museum. Yeah, I mean, he's I not at the Rock and Roll Hall, Hall of Fame. Like, was, what do we like? I think he might have got to lift him with Miles Garrett. They, they kind of run in the same same circle. Although, now, if yeah, he okay. did go to like the art museum or the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that's not bad. Like, I think the art art museum is dope. Yeah, that's cool. It's a lot to see. Cleveland is underrated, man. It's a lot. It's a lot more to. It's a lot more to do. It's a lot more to see than what people think. People just don't be looking. It ain't Atlanta. Like I mean, I think if he was in Atlanta, he'd go to the strip club before the show. There's strip clubs. You're telling me he's not going to Brook Park strip clubs? Hell no. (laughs) You see Earl's face when you said that. Brook Park strip. uh, Come on, bro. They in there like. Come on, man. You be you be in there like. Hey, you need to keep your clothes on. (laughs) You need to stop playing. You 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 in here right out? Did you have a kid within the last six months? We need to give you a questionnaire too. No comment. Yeah. So hey. it's gonna be a, a crazy week on the Cleveland Sports Show. Adam the Bulls on vacation in Tampa. Did you guys see the video he sent us from his Airbnb? Yeah. Yeah. Bull, Bulls doing all right. I didn't get that. You're in the group yeah, you're text. In the group you're in the group chat. What is going on today? <laughs> what the hell is going on today? I, so, so you know I'm sincere about being unplugged in. If I didn't hear about Drake or see Adam the Bulls Airbnb, I wasn't looking at nothing. That's crazy, right? I really, I really, I really lost. This makes off. me feel so much better, Ant, when we ask G to send us in answers for stuff. And then you try calling him and he just sends you right the voicemail seven times. Like, I do actually genuinely believe G just doesn't get his phone. It. Just has no if clock was, going if it was on. A oh, battle rap, if it was a battle rap this weekend, G, I bet G you. He would know about it. He yeah. would know about it. Yeah. Yeah, I did <laughs> kind of find out it was a battle rap low key that was in Cleveland like a couple weeks ago. Like, but there? it was under, but I don't go to those either. Like, I just. Like, but you knew about it. Kind of, yeah, like kind of, but you got to understand, like, I, like, I live in a different world. Like when I go home, like it's, it's a whole, it's a different world. Like I don't, like I'm married to a foreign person. So half the things that I care about that your spouse would remind you about your girlfriend or your girlfriend would remind you about, I don't get those reminders. They like, she like, what is a battle rap? What is with Drake? I don't know. Like, like she don't know. So like. I don't get I don't get no I don't get no reminder, so I just be in there in a, in a time warp. So as I was saying, Bulls on vacation. Jay's off today. He's back later in the week, but he got an extra day off because he was in Arizona and the travel. Jason's in Indy for the NFL Combine. We'll check in with him tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, Andrew Berry speaks to the media tomorrow at the Combine. Kevin Stefanski on Wednesday, so we we'll react to that. Tyvis is back from the Buckeye Cruise. He's in tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. But today you're stuck with us three. This some, Me, this G. Bush, and Earl. And if you don't like it, well, that sucks for you. This, hey, hey, Earl, we need to we need to protest. If y'all don't send us next nowhere next year, we will just listen, these are either two things we're gonna play. <laughs> I'm either gonna play the race card or I'm gonna fake a seizure. <laughs>
Either one, you got to respect. <laughs> or I might do both. You well, better hey, send me to something next if, year. If you fake a seizure, they're definitely not going to send you anywhere. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, right. if your goal is to get sent right. somewhere, faking a seizure is not the right card to play. Te- Tegna will quarantine you for five weeks. They say, don't come back for five months. Hey, when I come, and, on, when I come on the set wearing straight out of copy beer, yeah, right. you know what's up. Uh, These guys. We're we got, we going to talk some Cavs today. Donovan Mitchell took a public stance defending Darius Garland. They beat the Wizards. We'll talk a little bit about how the new NFL salary cap going up exponentially will impact the Browns offseason. Also, former Browns legend Michael Dean Perry will make his UCSS debut. We're going to talk about this in overtime, but G. Bush has to leave for overtime. So I want real quick before we dive into the Cavs, two minutes, G. But you saw Cam Newton got in a fight with the TPS crew. I'm not even quite sure exactly what that stands for at a seven-on-seven tournament in Atlanta. We're going to talk about it in overtime, so you get two minutes before we move on to the Cavs. Man, Thoughts I, on someone trying to jump Cam Newton? Man, this is just, you know, I, and a lot of it, I, a lot of the stuff I say about race is tongue-in-cheek, right? Because, you know, we're just laughing. But, but this really gets to me, man. Like, um, you, you see Cam Newton here. These guys, and, and every time he goes to a camp, now this is the new cool thing where – Instead of them coming and respecting what Cam Newton is, they come and talk about you ain't won nothing, you ain't did nothing. And this is not the first in- incident where he went somewhere and they would disrespected him, right? And I'm not, I'm not sure how this thing started or whatever, but, like, it's just crazy in our community. It's, like, nuts that, that like, somebody uh, of his stature won a national championship, Super Bowl MVP, went to a Super Bowl, that these dudes, because they see him on the internet, they want to just come up, pull up on him and test him and put hands on him. Like, this is crazy. Like, can you imagine that happening like Tom Brady? Can you imagine like somebody coming to a camp and just disrespecting Joe Burrow or Josh Allen, even, even cast like Dan Olavsky? Like, it would never happen. It's crazy. And it's like, you know, instead of us being being respectful and instead of us holding our legends or holding the people that really made it out of our area, we go the opposite end of the spectrum and just be like, oh, Cam Newton here, let's disrespect him and put hands on him. Now, the funny part about it is the dude that was, you know, the dude that was, he was messing, fighting with, was talking crazy and reckless before they started in his own Instagram. But the, the crazy thing is, he must have not understood Cam Newton is uh, about big as me. <laughs> like, superhero, yeah, yeah. Like Cam Newton, six foot five, two fifty. Like he didn't realize till he got his hands on him. He was like, "Oh, this is kind of it's bad." I, I didn't realize he had grown man strength. Like he was getting ragdolled out there. They had to stop him. His people, when you you know Earl, you know you getting beat up when your people have to be like, "Stop it! Leave him alone!" <laughs> Leave him alone. You done done too much. You done done too much, Joseph. <laughs> I don't know, man. That was a... Uh... This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I don't know. That's 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 like broke boy behavior. That's crazy. Because right? like broke is a mindset, not necessarily the amount of money in your pocket. And like it's kind of disturbing that every time you see somebody that come from the inner city or the hood, they try to come back and they try to do something like people that's jealous, people that really couldn't even do nothing to get out their own way or the people that that's like just out here constantly on BS. Those be the people who act like that, who conduct themselves like that. People that's out here actually that got real motion, that's really out here moving, actually out here doing something with themselves. They don't have the time or the energy to even conduct themselves like that. And it's unfortunate and stuff like that would start to deter people from like, you know, going back to their communities and trying to do something positive because, you know, in a black community, you always read about rappers and, and entertainers ended up mur- ending up murdered in, in the neighborhoods they come from when all they were trying to do was just to give back. Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit more that, about Crazy. that in overtime. I just want to get G. Bush's thoughts because he has to dip for overtime. And before we get to our first topic of the day, you got to read for us. Yeah, guys, I want to remind everybody before we get into our first topic that you can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA teams with quick bets, live game same parlays, exclusive props, and more. You guys just have to visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS and shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, so we're going to start with the Cavs, guys, and more specifically some comments from Donovan Mitchell after the game on Darius Garland. So the Cavs beat Washington. It was an ugly game, but a win's a win. It snaps their two-game skid to open up the second half of the season. Donovan Mitchell did play. He looked like a shell of himself dealing with some injury. Darius Garland hit some big shots late in the fourth quarter to cut the lead in half and then tie the game. And down the stretch, they relied on Darius to be the point man in their offense. And I want to read you guys this quote here. From Donovan Mitchell afterwards, Chris Fedor put the article out on Cleveland.com. Check out the full article, but this is a quote, and I'm going to read the full quote. This is part of it, but Donovan said after the game, I'm on social media, and I feel like people aren't giving Darius the benefit of the doubt, Mitchell told Cleveland.com. I want to speak on that because I think it's bullcrap. He did not say crap. At the end of the day, he is a kid that has proven himself not only to the Cleveland fan base, but this league as well. I think it's... Uh, They're ready to rag on a kid for what? One half of a season? I think that's BS. I've been waiting to say that. Darius is continuing to find his way. It's been two months and he's slowly getting back to it. At the end of the day, he's going to be there for us. Understanding that come playoffs, come whenever, we need him. He knows that. He's continuing to build. We have all the confidence in the world in him, but the way people have been talking is effing ridiculous. The kid has done a lot here. So much. For it to be devalued all for a few games is complete BS. It's not fair to him. He's done so much for us as a team before I got here, while I've been here. He's going to get back to his form. The kid is just 24 years old. It's not always easy to figure it out. 
He's done a phenomenal job of it and will continue to get back to it come playoff time. He will be right back there with us. We have his back, end quote, from Donovan Mitchell. You can read the full article in Cleveland.com. Earl, I'll start with you. Yeah, of think, course. I, I, I think Every, Donovan. Everybody, look, why, why y'all both just I, look I'm at saying, me? Donovan coming to Darius's defense. What did hey, you make of the we, comments? And, and we Darius might have put play? some smoke on him. Did we, we, did we put him in the smoke on, on, on Saturday or something, Earl? That, that's what I think he talked about. First and foremost, man, great leadership by Donovan Mitchell, right? That's what you're supposed to do. Another example of every athlete hears and see everything, not just, just Deshaun Watson. I thought Donovan Mitchell did a great job for standing up for his boy. That's his teammate. Another feather in his cap to prove like he's all in with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But with that being said, I love you, Spider, but the criticism on DG is warranted. To me, it's very well warranted. And just because people are critical of him, I don't think it means that people want to see him fail. His success is directly tied to the Cavaliers' success. For me, I'm critical of Darius Garland because I know he's talented. But it's like, I just want you to be more consistent. I just want you to assert yourself more often than not in big moments. You know, I want you to put forth the other intangibles that's necessary when you're talking about somebody that's a part of your core, right? Like, when Donovan Mitchell missed those two games, if I'm Darius Garland, that was my time to step up. It's, nu- it's gut check time, right? Like, let me show you what I'm about. Let me show you who I am. Let me assert myself, right? And sometimes I feel like people, especially here, because we love what we have, they get caught up on two words, max player. And if we being honest with ourselves, Darius Garland don't always play up to the level of a max player. And I get what Donovan Mitchell is saying. Like, people are, like, forgetting the things that he did before Donovan Mitchell got here, people forgetting like when he was an all-star, people acting like the dude can't hoop and can't ball. And I'm not one of those dudes. I'm always quick to say he's talented as ever. That's not my issue with him. My issue with Darius Garland is, man, you don't assert yourself and you're not consistent. And if you're a max player and if people don't want you to come off the bench because you're a max player, then you need to show up and show out every single night like a max player. I get it. And if everybody was saying, well, he's just getting back from injury, he missed 19 games due to injury. I think he's played like 13, 14 games. 13 games, games yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, that number is starting to level out. Just go out there and be more consistent in the search or so. And I don't think that's asking for too much. G? Shout out to, uh, shout out to Donovan Mitchell. I think, it, in, in, and I'm going to be honest with you, we'll take the L for it. I, and it's not even no L. I came in on my Saturday show on, on the barbershop 8 to 12. And um, I said, nah, unacceptable, unacceptable. Uh, and I was, I was really upset at the level they was playing the last two games with Donovan Mitchell wasn't there. And it's not about making or missing or anything. It's not about people even shooting slumps or coming back from rotation. I feel like when Donovan Mitchell is not there, everybody turns around and they put up no resistance. Uh, Karis LeVert, I'm glad you had a triple-double, but the night before you couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. You had one dunk and that was it. Uh, Darius Garland, your job is to get people acclimated and get them into the offense and do his thing. Guess what? You be turning the ball over and you dribble a whole lot, a whole lot when, when, when Donovan Mitchell is not there. And J.B. Bickerstaff, sometimes I need you to do certain things like, hey, instead of yelling at the ref on every single call, how about getting your team's face when they're when they not playing defense or say, guys, we're not, listen, I told you what we're trying to play. We're trying to play a certain tempo. We're trying to play a certain offense. We're not doing that right now. You guys got to get your head out of your ass and let's get it going. 
Never hear it. You just sit him here, and, and he's beating up the referee's ears from start to finish. Say something to your team. For me, it's not about no, you know, whether or not you lose games on coming back from the back-to-back. Man, it's about this. This organization, as I'm watching other teams play, you need to stop worrying about what you think is good for you and start comparing yourself to the other people. I watch the Boston Celtics and the Knicks from bell to bell. And them, them Knicks and Thibodeau, these dudes had playoff rotations. I said, dang, they blitzing already. They got the playoff rotations. I mean, Nuggets, people yeah. moving around. Defensive, they, they, they got the rotation moving. They playing defense. And guess what? Brunson is a killer. He came out aggressive. And guess what? Still didn't matter. Them dudes, Jalen Brown and Tatum and them, pushed them, wiped them off the face of the court. Like, it wasn't nothing. And the Knicks had a good game plan. So, if you telling me that we bad for getting on Darius Garland, it's not about whether Darius Garland is a young kid, 24, ain't that young. We've, we've seen winners here before. We've seen the same thing he getting is the same smoke we gave Kyrie. This is not Utah. Sometimes, yeah, we care. And, and they finding out what happens when you get to Cleveland Browns magnifying glass McNuggets. Because guess what? Darius Garland makes just as much as Deshaun Watson. And you know what kind of smoke Deshaun Watson get here. Yeah, I don't want to harp on the, the contract yet. I want to just focus on what Donovan said. And I think the reasoning behind what he said. To Earl's point, I think most, I don't want to say all of it, but I think most of the criticism of Darius Garland over the last, what, three weeks now, a month, whatever yeah. he's been back, is pretty valid. I don't think all of it is, but I think for the most part, it's fair to ask a guy of Darius's talent to be a little more consistent and aggressive, especially when Donovan Mitchell is not in the game. But what Donovan said last night, and this is why I think it's so important, is he understands that when push comes to shove come playoffs, he 100% unquestionably needs Darius Garland to be on his A game if the Cavaliers are going to go on any type of run this postseason. Do you guys disagree with that? We need the best version of Darius if the Cavs are going to make any kind of significant noise against the top teams in the East. And right now, right now, my biggest issue with Darius is it feels like he's not confident in his own game. And he's still working back from injury. I know he's a little, I don't want to say scarred, but it looks like he's a little hesitant to draw contact after the facial fracture he suffered earlier this season. He needs to get his full confidence back to come back into the player we saw when he was an all-star point guard and one of the up-and-coming guys around the league that not just people in Cleveland, but people all across the national landscape were saying, yeah, that guy's next up in terms of the great point guards across the NBA. Darius needs his confidence back. How do you do that? Well, you make shots, and he made two massive three-pointers last night to cut Washington's lead from 94 to, it was 94-88. The first three made it 94-91. The second one tied it up. He had a couple key drives late in the game, setting up other players, which allowed the Cavs to extend their lead. And it also comes from knowing the best guy on the team has your back. And what he showed last night with those comments is Darius, ignore the outside noise because the guys in the foxhole with you, the guys in this locker room, we believe in what you can do on the court. We believe in what you can bring to this offense, even if it may not be the perfect schematic fit. We know you can't, what you do can't be replicated by anyone else. And to have Donovan come out and say that publicly with the emphatic nature he did. He cursed. Donovan usually doesn't curse in his press conferences. Now, do you remember the 10th game of the season? He said, we're playing. That's some BS. He said the same thing to Fedor. And what happened right after that? Cavs kind of turned it around. When Donovan curses, I'm not saying a curse (laughs) word is really emphatic, but when Donovan says it because he doesn't typically use that language to the media, 
it kind of holds a little more value. I like and that. And to him to come out and defend Darius with that level of oomph, for lack of a better word, if that doesn't inject some confidence into Darius, I'm not sure what else can. So I, I loved it to the 10th most level, whatever the highest exponential value you could love something from Donovan. I thought it was a perfect leadership move from the Cavs' best player. I, I mean, I, that's great. You know, I like <laughs> I like what he said. Like, hey, if, if somebody says something about Earl, I'm gonna come to his defense, right? And then I'll handle it behind closed doors, of, like in public. Like, like we always say, hey, if you go and you start fighting, you automatically in the fight. I'll figure out what happened later and be like, hey, bro, you was tripping. You got us in this fight. But from from the standpoint of Donovan Mitchell, and how we how I look at the Cavs is this. Darius Garland has to figure out where he where he is in his offense, and I've been talking about. And, and that when he said his comments, he said he you guys are upset of him about you know a half a game or a game or two. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about not only this year, we're talking last year. Like Darius Garland should understand the business nature of this, and people will get on you because guess what? He was here when they picked they picked him over Colin Sexton, right? Mm-hmm. He, we, Colin Sexton got the same smoke. He has, he has empty points. He does, he dribbles too much. He takes shots. He don't be playing defense. He's just a one-trick pony. So they, they traded him. They got him up out of here. And now, you know, Darius Garland got his max deal. At the end of the day, I don't care about the max deal. It's about, because any player that plays at a certain level, the way the league works is going to get a max deal yeah. regardless, even yeah. if they, they live up to it or not. I get that. But my thing is, for them to win, he is going to have to step his game up. And is Jared Allen? We called. We talked about Jared Allen way worse. Yeah. Did we not? <laughs> yeah, no, way, no, way Jared, worse. And his comeback has been and that much more impressive. He's a he was ball as, player right now. And even Isaac Okoro last Isaac season. Isaac Okoro. I mean, that was a guy that I personally said I thought was unplayable. And now I think he's a guy you can't take off the court. <laughs> Hard. So, They're hardened individuals now. Now Jared Allen, like I'm turning on TV. Jared Allen leading the team and scoring. Three Jared, games in a row. Three games in a row. 22, 23. He getting ten rebounds. And guess what? He, they interview him at halftime. What can you do? I could, I got to be better on defense. No games. He's not playing games no more. Now, not saying Darius is playing games, but there has to be a mindset with that if the Cavs are gonna get to where they want to go. There are teams in this Eastern Conference that's not going to play with you come time, playoff time. It's just not going to happen. I just don't think nothing – I don't think it's nothing wrong with asking one of the best players on your team that you know is capable of being better to be better on a more consistent basis. I don't think it's nothing wrong with that. Like, if that was one of us, you would challenge one of us to be better yeah. on a more consistent basis. Donovan Mitchell did the right thing. You're supposed to do that. That's, that's what good leaders do. They come out on the forefront and they speak truth to light about what he really feel. He's clearly been seeing this for the last three weeks to a month. It was on his heart. It was on his chest. He got it off. Whatever conversations him and Darius Garland have behind closed doors, that's behind closed doors. But in my opinion, anybody that's in this city that's, that's covering the Cavs, that's covering Cleveland sports media, and they have a critical take on Darius Garland, I don't think they want to see Darius Garland fail. I think no, everybody no everybody fail, yeah. understands that his success is directly tied to the Cavs' overall success. I'm one of those dudes, like, if, if I give some constructive criticism, like, I'm not taking shots at you personally. Mm-hmm. I'm just giving you my opinion on how I feel. Like, I want you to go out there and shut me up. I want you to go out there and be that dude who, like, he going to always put up numbers. 
Yeah. Darius Garland has always put up numbers, but to be honest, sometimes the stats are empty. Well, and it, it comes. And you in, talked about that. Yeah. Like, well, it, it comes down to this. Darius is averaging what eighteen and seven this year. Yeah. And what's the season? It's eighteen and six, eighteen and seven. If you ask like Ty Jerome, right? And I know he hasn't played this season. If Ty Jerome put up eighteen and six in the game, we'd be thrilled, right? That's yeah. a great game for Ty Jerome. I was talking to my buddy who works for the Mavs last night. I was like, "How'd Luca do on uh, on Saturday?" He's like, eh, "He had an okay game." I'm like, "What's that?" He's like, eh, "He had 32, 11, and 9. Well, for Luca's standards, that's an okay game. That's a career night for 99.5% of the league. Darius Garland, we expect more because we know he can deliver more. And the inconsistency part of Darius, I know he's still working back, and I'm not ready to uh, you know, sell my Darius stock or anything to that nature yet, but it is fair to say, Darius, we know you can play at an all-star level, especially when Donovan's out. We need you to take on a bigger role and be more assertive, be more aggressive, and it's not even the shot attempts. It's the play creation for others as well, potential assists. Because the assist numbers could, could be deceiving. You can make 30 great passes. Guys make two shots, you have two assists. But it's those potential assists, the ability to get into the paint, into the paint create for others, create good looks for not only yourself, but the George Niangs of the world, the Isaac Okoros, the Max Struces, the pick-and-roll chemistry with Mobley and Allen. That's totally fair, and I do think, to your point about consistency, Earl, the only reason we want it more from Darius is we know he has it in him. We've seen it. The only thing before we pivot and get to Donovan Mitchell's MVP case, the only thing I disagree with Donovan is there's a lot of people who come in from other different places, and because Cleveland has not been a winner forever or without LeBron, they have this natural thing where they feel we're some sort of charity case. And when you say, oh, he's done so much, you said that's like that's like being the. He hasn't, done, he hasn't done anything. Yet. Like what do you what do you what do you mean he's done so yeah. much? Like like you haven't come and changed. You didn't win rookie of the year. You haven't went to no finals. You you haven't won a playoff series. Like what do you what is he referring to when he should have the benefit of the doubt and hasn't won anything? Like it's a lot of times that people want to think that Cleveland. Well, you know what? You guys should be just happy for what you get because you guys haven't been so good. No. We, we, we've seen championships here before. We've seen our team go and play the Golden State Warriors, and we see what championship-level basketball is. So, no, he hasn't done anything, and no, he's not getting a benefit of it out, and that goes for everybody on the team. Including Donovan. Including Donovan. Including Donovan. Yeah. So, no, y'all ain't proved nothing. Like, yeah, like, see, this is what I'm saying. You got to the second in the East. That's cool. I love it. But y'all ain't done. Finish your breakfast. Finish your food. Yeah. Finish your plate, bro. Uh, and one more thing before we pivot to the Donovan Mitchell MVP case. Earl, we saw last night Karis LeVert, a near triple-double. He was two assists shy. George Niang had a couple threes. Max Struess, even though he didn't shoot the ball well, his chemistry with Evan Mobley down the stretch kind of was the catalyst of their fourth-quarter run before Darius hit those two threes. How uh, enthusiastic, not enthusiastic, but how, how good was it to see a couple guys outside of the usuals step up and be the catalyst in this Cavs run, especially after we saw from Karis the last two games prior which was not good. Yo, Karis flat out balled. I mean, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell scored 16 points, and it was cool. Like, not even the fact, like, it was cool to see Jared Allen and Karis LeVert in particular mm-hmm. kind of, like, be the leading scorers and kind of lead the way. 12 rebounds, 8 assists, 18 points. Like, the dude, like, he his he shot awesome. selection was awesome. It seemed like he picked his spots in his moments, like, very well. Um, I thought Jared Allen did a great job taking advantage of a weak Washington Wizards uh, front court. 
like they allow like the third or second most rebounds to opposing centers or something and like that. And they made it a case early to go down low to yeah. Mobley and Allen. And so like, dominate you know, kudos to everybody for understanding what their opponent was and kind of like maximizing on that game plan. It was actually one of those games to where Donovan Mitchell was going to be off and you could tell he was still ill, still dealing with whatever he's dealing with. This was the perfect opponent. Gee, what do you think about Karis, Niang, Struess, and even Jared Allen for that sense? Picking up the slack for the offensive. That that's what we that's what we need. That's that that is called veteran understanding what you are. Sometimes you need to be reminded what you are. Karis Levert, you're a guy that can get fifty in this league. I've seen you do it. George Niang, you you're a guy that, that can get hot just like Sam Merrill. I've seen you do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So for the Cavs to get where they want to go. Man, and I keep just saying this, is, is I'm watching the other teams. I'm watching, I watched the entire game of the Los Angeles Lakers and the Phoenix Suns, and, and I saw how Grayson Allen was like, oh, I'm not going to miss. Like, you, you see how Bradley Beal is out, and they, they step up, and KD does his thing, and Nurkic just came off the bench um, after playing, having a DMP almost, and then comes in and gets the first eight, ten points of the game, being aggressive down low against Anthony Davis. So when I be saying this stuff, I don't be just saying it as a vacuum of like, I'm just watching the Cavs. I'm watching these other games and I'm seeing how these other teams are trying to figure it out. And the Cavs is a good place if Karis LeVert can do that and Jared Allen can consistently do that. And I'm thinking that's built in their, their that's built in what they want to do. Um, getting, getting to where they want to go. One last thing. This is the second time in as many games against this particular team that we've played down to against yeah. our opponent. Yeah. And going back to before the All-Star break, when we played Philly, and Philly was missing damn near any, everybody, mm-hmm. and they beat us, the Cavs clearly have shown, like, they need to tighten up on some things. And Donovan yeah. Mitchell alluded to that as well. So I trust that they'll get it together. Like, it's, like they'll clean it up and, and get it right when it's time. Had Luka's they, coming to town. Luka and, and Kyrie. Kyrie hell, it's a hell of a stretch coming up. They have the Mavericks, the Knicks, and the Celtics in the next Ooh. eight days. You're going to find out a lot. And I believe... All th- I know the first two are at home. Dallas and New York is at home. I yeah. think Boston is home as well. I could be wrong on that. But in the next eight days, I know they play those three teams. And then they got Phoenix and Minnesota coming up in two weeks after that. So we're going to learn a lot about these Cleveland Cavaliers in the next few days. And you got Boston read- is also at home, just so you know. Boston is at home? Boston is yeah, at home. Yeah, all three of those are at home. Yeah, guys, we're going to get more into Donovan Mitchell here right after this. Uh, I want to remind you all that you can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You guys can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and a plenty more. You guys just have to visit FanDuel.com UCSS to shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NBA. All right, guys, so the two games without Donovan Mitchell after the break were not good offensively for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I know their point total against Orlando, 109, looked okay, but the offense looked just completely out of sync. And then against Philadelphia on Friday night, uh, 97 points. They only shot 22 threes or 23s, whatever it was, which was way down. And in the latest NBA.com MVP ladder, Donovan Mitchell is not currently in the top five. That goes to Jokic at one. SGA at two, Giannis at three, Luka at four, and Jason Tatum at five. And we have a graphic of that. I did it off memory. I hope that's right, Ant. But we have the MVP ladder if you want to pull that graphic up. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that was the top five. Donovan was eighth in the last updated MVP ladder. Who was, do you know who was uh, six and seven? 
uh, Brunson was in there. Sabonis was in. I'm not sure the exact order. But they do top five and then the other guys. So regardless of who was 6-7, and Donovan isn't the MVP favorite but right now by any means. Okay, I had, I had that right. That, that was the right order. But did the two games he miss against Orlando and Philadelphia actually strengthen Donovan's chances of catapulting himself into that conversation, into the top five of the NBA's MVP race, G? No. And, and I would usually say yes, but for Donovan Mitchell, where he's at right now to win the MVP, the, the Cavs have to do something or extraordinary. They have to be like, yeah, they're in the two seed, but they need to win as many games as they can in order to shine light on, wow, well, let's take a look at these Cavs. Like, they, these guys are actually, like, really doing, like, uh, like they're the best team in the league right now. And, and for a while, they were the hottest team in the league. But when you lose two games in a row, you kind of get dropped back down. It's almost like being a Cinderella. Like, if you're a Mac school and you want to get in the top 25, you got to go undefeated. And you got to beat two, mm-hmm. two, two big-time D1 uh, Power 5 conference-type uh, people. So, for the Cavs, you already look at what they did last year. People kind of wrote them off. Now you look at it this year, they're they, they playing better. He has his best numbers of his life right now. But when you bring that list back up, I mean, SGA is, is, is crazy. Like, Tatum is playing out of his mind. Like, you know, these dudes, when I'm watching, watching them, they're playing at a different type, type uh, playing field. It's like... Come on, man. Jokic is killing still, averaging and averaging. I'm not saying he should be the leader, but should he be more in that conversation than he's getting credit It's tough. Like, because, look, he got the Jalen Brunson factor. People is like, we can't put Jalen Brunson below Donovan Mitchell because he's giving him the buckets in Utah. And he came to uh, New York and still consistently, you know, tightens him up. So it's, it, it's a perception thing. Do I think Donovan Mitchell is better than Brunson? Yes, but Brunson has the, the name. He got the head-to-head matchups, and he plays in New York. So we, can, we, can't, we can't do anything about that. Earl, what do you think? I mean, to G's point, I think Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs will have to do something crazy, like overtake Boston yeah. for the one seed, for him to even be considered. And even still, I don't think that's enough. Uh, I think in the NBA, more than any other sport, what you do in the postseason, it really matters. It really resonates with those voters and those writers more than anything else. And I think because of what the Cavs didn't do in the postseason last year, it's the reason why people might feel like the Cleveland Cavaliers is being slighted this year. It might be a reason why Donovan Mitchell was not, you know, a starter in the All-Star game, for example, this year. So things like that, I think, play a part. But in order for him to even get top five consideration, the Cavs will have to do something like outside of this world, possibly like overtake Boston. Don't really see that happening. But with all that being said, you could just tell how important he is to our team. You know what I mean? Like you could tell a different and difference in energy, difference in the level of focus, difference in how like the other players assert themselves, et cetera. Like even we talk about, you know, Darius Garland coming up in a clutch moment. Like even that happened with Donovan Mitchell being present. And it just seems like his mere presence, it elevates everybody else on that team. And this is why I just, your last point's why I actually disagree with both of your point, your overall point and your overall point. The MVP in the NBA, at some point, it shouldn't take any previous playoff experience into consideration. And Jokic won two MVPs before he won a finals. And Giannis won an MVP, and maybe two before he won a finals. And LeBron won MVPs before he won the finals. I don't think you have to have postseason success 
to be considered at the highest echelon for NBA regular season awards, even though I do think it does play some sort of factor. I thought the two games without Donovan proved his value. And we obviously know how good Donovan is as a player. Like, we don't have to explain that. He's, he's tremendous in every facet as a shot creator, as a scorer, as a playmaker, as a leader. He checks all the boxes. But you look at pure value. Look at how the Cavs' offense looked against Orlando, and especially Philadelphia. They went from averaging 30. Tony Pesta on Twitter, who's a great Cavs follow if you guys don't follow him, put out the Cavs' three-point attempts per game over that 20-game stretch where they went 18-2. and two. They're averaging nearly 35-and-a-half threes a game. They take Donovan out, 20-22 and 22 were their three-point attempts in the two games without Donovan. He comes back on Sunday against Washington. It's up to 35 again, right in that same range. When he's off the court, and this goes back to your Darius point, mm-hmm. they don't have a replicable alpha dog on offense that does what Donovan does. And no disrespect to Tatum. But if you take Jason Tatum off the Boston Celtics, they still got two all-stars and maybe three, depending on how deep an all-star roster goes. I'm not sure his value to Boston is equivalent to what Donovan's value to Cleveland is. So you, I feel he don't believe. I feel you don't believe that in your heart. No, he, I, I, no, 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 I, no. He's not better than Jason Tatum. But I definitely but. believe he believed that. So basically, what you're saying is, if you took Jason Tatum off the Celtics because of everything else they have, they're still a playoff team. You, you take, take Donovan Mitchell off, they're a play-in team. They're a six seed at best without Donovan Mitchell. So, so here's, a six seed at best without Donovan. So, see, here's the here's the argument. That's why when so now you don't have to get mad every single time when we say when people tell you you know what if you take Donovan off this team we still got Darius we still got the unicorn and look at the way Jared Allen is playing Isaac Okoro's playing the best ball why would you not say that that team that that without Darius Garland would still be a top four or five seed in the East? Why would you? Why wouldn't you say that? I don't think they'd be a top four or five seed in the East. So that sure. means the roster is not that good, then, right? I think it's a competent right. It's a it's a playoff team roster, and okay. you have Donovan Mitchell, and you go from a playoff team to a team that can win a two, three, potentially four playoff rounds. See, here's the thing: you take Jason Tatum off, right? They can still win two playoff rounds. Okay, but here's the thing: if you took Jason, T- so watch this: take Jason Tatum. This is cold. This is cold right here. You ain't gonna you miss this one. I'm scared. Well, he has to set up a take by saying this is cold. This is cold. Take Jason Tatum and put him on the Cavs. Take Donovan Mitchell, put him on the Celtics. Who's who got the better squad? I'm not arguing who's better. Jason Tatum's a better I, player than that, Donovan Mitchell. Like, that's, that, that's, that's that's not the, my argument. My that's argument the is, MVP. Dude. Right, wait, wait, wait. Tom out. Tom out. You did all that to set that up. What? Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. That's, you take. A, you take. You that's take. That's as cold as tap room water. G. L- listen. You no take, one's arguing. You take. No one's J- arguing that Jason Tatum's better than Donovan Mitchell. That's oh, not the argument. So here's. But it's the MVP. They're, so so if you're MVP, you make everybody else better. If you're yes. MVP, you're going to get other guys to play above their skis. And if you're the MVP, you put them at a championship level, right? But what I'm saying is if you put Donovan Mitchell on the Celtics, they're not, they're not at a championship level. I mean, they're still damn good. I think the Boston Celtics are the deepest team in the NBA. Like, they got seven guys who are legitimate players. Like, legitimate, legitimate guys. I get it. But when you talk about Jason Tatum... The dude is giving you 30. He's giving you eight. I'm not arguing that Donovan Mitchell is better than Jason Tatum. I think Donovan Mitchell is more valuable to the Cavaliers than, than Jason, Jason Tatum, Tatum is to the Celtics. Celtics. Oh, no. Come on now. Stop. Or what, on, do you, what do you think about come that? Come on now. Come on now. So you outside your mind. Come on now. Really? You take the, if you, man, the Cavs are what? The Cavs are like, what, six and five without Donovan Mitchell this year? I'll look it up. I don't have I think they were seven and seven without Donovan Mitchell last year. So basically without Donovan Mitchell and everything else, the Cavs I, is a teetering 500 team. I, I, so, so you telling me 
that based on the stats, since people want to throw stats at everything, they are teetering 500 team without Donovan Mitchell. They're nothing more than a play than a play in team. They in a play in tournament see, without Spider. See, that, but this they're this, six and four this year without Donovan. But, but six this, and four. What was they last year? Uh, I got. I'm on my phone. I got to go back and, oh. and research. So, so here, for me, so what I'm asking is, you can't have it both ways. I'm sitting. Here, I'm confused because. Every single time we talk about Donovan Mitchell and the potential of him leaving, people's like, "Oh yeah, we we still got ball players though. We still good. We, you know, we now." Well, no, we, no one's saying that Darius, Evan, and Jarrett suck. Like that. That's I don't think Earl. Correct me if I'm mischaracterizing. I'm not saying that they the, suck. No one's saying they they're I'm, bad I'm, players. I'm just saying at one point in time before Donovan Mitchell got here, people was talking about Darius Garland and Evan Mobley and Allen having enough to win the championship by themselves. Yeah, that was ludicrous. Uh, I, we didn't have the show yet. Okay. Uh, we, we didn't even have Ultimate Cleveland Sports that didn't exist in pre-Donovan Cavs. Okay. Think, I mean, think about it. He got traded before last season started. That was yeah. our first year. So I can't tell you what people were saying before I got here. But anyone who was saying that the trio of Garland Mobley, who was a rookie at that point, and Jared Allen, who I love Jared Allen, but like he's Jared Allen. Was enough to win a championship. Were people really saying that? They they like listen. Look at the, look at the progression. That's when we talking about Donovan Mitchell versus Darius Garland, and people saying Darius Garland is a max player. And you're like, okay, um, they need something else, bro. Like this is not gonna get it done. And it was evident when they got Donovan Mitchell. What I'm saying is, if you look at all those lists of players right there, it's hard to crack that list. I'm just saying he. The difference in, in uh, and we're arguing now the MVP whether value versus better, which is one of my least favorite arguments right, it's, to get because it, it always gets to do It's subjective, that. yeah. If the award is the most valuable player, I've seen what the Cavs look like this season without Donovan Mitchell, and they are nowhere near the caliber of team they are with. Now you could say that about every single player on yes. that list. You could say that about every single player below him, below these five on the list, which includes Brunson and Sabonis and Embiid, who've fallen out of the top five because he can't qualify, but. What's your point, Earl? I got a question. Shoot. Just for both of y'all. I just, just, this, this just came to me. Looking at these five players, right? No, Ant, bring that back. Or, or Steve, bring that back. Looking at those. Brad those... Sellers, you got the Warrensville shirt. You got the Brad Sellers, BTB. <laughs> look at. Monkey, bring that back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Right, so All right, so look, look, look at that, those five players, right? Right. Of, those, of those five teams, which team has sustained success the most without one of those players on their team? The Celtics. Jaylen, if you want to talk about contracts, Jalen Brown's the highest played player in the NBA, which is and, and he'll he'll be, was, he was not getting that without Taylor. And, and he'll be overpassed by the next max deal that comes out because the he's signed, he's just the latest guy to sign the extension. And pull it back up for one more sec. Hey, that's right player at the right time. That, and that, well, same thing with Darius when he got his I mean, his yeah, max. right player yeah. at and the Evan right Mobley, time. I'll break some news right now. Evan Mobley's going to get the rookie max extension when he's up. Like, it's going to happen whether you think he's a max player or not. The Thunder, SGA's by far their best player, but they got Jalen Williams. They got Chet Holmes. Oh, uh, now listen. Dudes. Now, if you take him off the squad, they're not making no playoffs. I think they're uh, it's a similar situation to the Cavs. Like they're they're, not, they're playing team. They're, they they're good, but they're not anywhere near where they are. You take Jokic off the Nuggets, that's a whole catastrophe. You take Giannis off the Bucks, they're they're not good this year. They're, they're, they're not. They ain't even that good this year with him. And you take, and you take Luka off. off well, that's, you the, that's the whole. That's, team, a, yeah. that's the whole squad. But my point is, I don't think Donovan should be one, two, three, or four. I think. You can make the legitimate case that he's right there, if not ahead of Jason Tatum, for what five should be. I think this in is, terms of value. I think for me, the MVP is a popularity contest. 
And that uh, I don't disagree it, with. It's a popularity context amongst uh, the writers. And when you look at some of these players, Jokic is one, two. Even if he had one of his greatest years, they're going to say, oh, we can't give him three in a row. You're not going to do that. SGA, they need to see whether or not that this guy can win a playoff game to put him up there. Giannis has already won one. The guy that ain't won one is Jason Tatum, and he could arguably be, he's been first team NBA the last two times, the uh, last two years. Now, here's the thing. In order for you to sneak up in that list, you got to have the national guys put you up there. And how many games are they watching at the Cavs? That actually hurt. Actually, the game, there was national TV against the uh, 76ers. Yeah, Mitchell didn't play. And Mitchell didn't play, and that hurts. Like, they're like, that was a great opportunity for him to come out on the road, and then they, Tyrese Maxey got that look. And Valentine's Day against the Bulls, which they ended up winning that game. Darius hits the proverbial game winner, but they didn't play a great 80-48 minute uh, contest. And I know we got to move on, so get a quick read, and we'll talk a little NFL salary cap situation, how it impacts the Browns. Yeah, I just want to remind everybody that as it's Monday, which means G has the ultimate Browns today. Yes, and he does. That, G, what you doing on the ultimate Browns today? Hey, man, we're going to get into we're going to get into a lot. We're going to get to the way too early draft uh, free agents. Um, we'll talk free agents a little bit. We'll talk draft way too early draft. Um, we also going to get into um, some of the combine stuff coming up. Combine is coming up and, and whether or not that's an actual thing anymore, like you know, do we are we watching the combine since we only have a second round pick? I think that we, we don't be watching as closely as you used to. So we'll talk about all that good stuff. Got a, a good, good show coming up for you, and we'll do that today, five o'clock. And if you missed G's conversation with Quincy Carrier on Friday's Ultimate Brown Show, it's still on YouTube. Make sure you yeah, go check that out. Check that out. Speaking of NFL stuff, guys, the salary cap has skyrocketed for the 2024 season. Just to put a little context and some numbers to this, and I know we got a graphic for this. It is projected to be at $255.4 million in 2024. That's the salary cap. Compare that to 2023, where it was $224.8 million. In 2022, $208.2 million. 2021, the year following COVID, was down to $182.5 in 2020, $198.2 million. So the highest projected salary cap ever in the history of the National Football League. G, I'll start with you. How does this boom in potential money to spend impact Andrew Berry's plans this offseason, the NFL as whole? But let's focus on the Browns. Does it have a positive, a negative, or no impact on how the Browns approach their offseason plans? I'm going to start with this. Damn, I was tripping. You was right. Cavs, Cavs ain't getting nothing without Donovan Mitchell. And he more valuable <laughs> if it come to it. Yeah, you was right. I, I didn't take that back. G waited for the clip to Wait. end. Hold on. G Wait. waited for the G waited for the clip to end. I took that back. To then retract that. I'm just I, saying. Just I, re- saying. I, re- I just retract that statement. I just I was sitting there thinking about it. I said, Oh hell no. Steve that started the clip over. Steve started the damn clip over. <laughs> All right, so guys, we're talking the NFL. All right, no, we're talking the NFL. Sal- so in breaking news, the salary cap has skyrocketed 255 million. The most ever G Bush. How does that impact that the Browns' off-season plan? Oh, so uh, many levels. I needed that laugh. Uh, listen, 255 is like, man, it's like. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off-season, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's kind of like getting a raise, but it's it's one of them raises where where it's a cost of living raise, uh, raise and everybody get a raise, right? So it's just like minimum wage going up, right? Like, yeah, like I'm good, man. Minimum wage about to go up, but I got I got me. It went from 425 to like 725, and then you look around and Earl's like, yeah, I got that same raise. <laughs> Nuggets was like, I got that same raise. Mm-hmm. You're like, dang. All right, well, am I really getting a raise if everybody else got a raise? And so now the Cavs have a little more wiggle room because it was already over the cap, I think, 30-something million dollars over the cap. So now it's like, yeah, we could get something if we restructure some people, but nah, like, everybody else got $30 million too. So the teams that you thought, like, wasn't going to have that, I think Kansas City got, like, $30 million they spent on people. You know, you watch it, you look around at these other teams. So they're going to have to fight it and duke it out um, for some of the people if they really want one of these top flight receivers. Also, you look at it like this. We, we see in the, the, the fruits of the, the, the labor right now. T. Higgins just got, like, franchise, uh, franchise. This morning. So, like, if the Bengals was thinking about not franchising them because he didn't have the money, well, guess what? They got the stimulus package. Everybody got the, everybody got the COVID check. This is the first. Yeah. <laughs> like now, they T. Higgins might be off the board. I think Mike Evans might go back to Tampa because they got a little more money. Um, it's, it's a gift and a curse. It's like, yeah, we got it, but do you really got it? Because you still gonna have to compete. You see what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Well, first and foremost, like that, you talk about pay raise and pay salaries, man. That that media deal, that media revenue deal, the significance and increase of dollars, like this was a 13.6% jump in salary. That's the largest since 1994, mm-hmm. right? And I read somewhere earlier, like, in 2025, it's projected to be at 273.3. Like, that is, that's if it, it keeps climbing. Like, if rate, it keeps yeah. climbing, but that's, that's the projection for next year. Still not as big as the leap is this year, but still. Still not 20 Like, they're getting crazy yeah. money. I mean, as far as how it directs, like, directly impacts Andrew Berry's approach to free agency, um, I think it makes it better because they were already – operating in the red mm-hmm. and I, according to over the cap I looked at this this mm-hmm. morning you know this puts the Browns still there in the red but it's like 7.7 7 million yep. somewhere around there so you're still going to have to restructure some contracts in order for you to make some moves but I trust Andrew Barry to be able to do that I'm a person that believe the salary cap is a myth anyway there you go there we once, go once you find yourself yeah. with a targeted player and it's mutual interest you'll find a way to yeah. work it out to make the money work but to me I mean it can only help you know, Andrew Barry had did the right thing by rolling over money from last year's cap to this year's cap with the uh, education of, okay, once the revenue takes off, there's going to be an increase in the salary cap anyway. So as, as, as you know, bleak as it might look on the surface, you know, with a 63.995 cap hit for Deshaun Watson and a 23 for Amari, the 23 for uh, Miles Garrett, like, I, I mean, 23 for Denzel Ward, the 20 for Miles Garrett. You still gonna have to be able to do that, but I think one of the players we talk a lot about restructuring Deshaun Watson, man, you can restructure Miles Garrett's deal right now and give him a brand new contract because he's earned yeah. it since he's won Defensive Player of the Year, and that'll automatically erase that $23 million cap for this year. But I would, because you're gonna have to pay him new money in the next coming years anyway. 
So that's yep. one way to like go about that. So a couple of things I just want to clarify what Earl said because he's right. First off, use over the cap and not Spotrack when you're looking at any salary cap stuff. Spotrack is good. Over the cap is great when it comes to this. As of this morning, the Browns are $7.58 million over the cap. That is with the new projections, and that is before the restructuring of a Watson deal happens. It's not a mm-hmm. if, it's a when it happens. They also can restructure a number of other contracts to create plenty of cap space. So the Browns, despite what people may say on Twitter, will have plenty of money to operate this offseason to sign free agents. Now, this is why, to G's point, the influx in the salary cap ceiling helps every team in the league, but specifically helps a few teams that have owners that are willing to spend money up front. And this is why Andrew Berry, he, we, we could give him some crap on some free agent signings that have hit or miss. We can say, hey, your track record drafting wide receivers isn't stellar. One thing we can't say, this guy knows the cap inside and out. And because Jimmy Haslam's willing to spend money up front, it is the perfect pairing of how they structure deals. Now, I'm going to read off my phone here just because I want to make sure I don't mess this up. Because there's some numbers involved. And there's a couple things here that I think really highlights why Andrew Berry is so smart and ahead of the curve with the rest of the NFL in doing these. So you look at all the big contracts that he's signed since he's been the GM of the Cleveland Browns. Watson, I'll use Dalvin Tomlinson as a specific example in a, set, in, a, uh, in a second. He's always banked on two things. They have lower cap hits off the top, and they avoid years on the end, which you kick the can down the road is fine. You have to pay the Pied Piper at some point. But he's banking on two things, the salary cap continuing to rise, which means a dollar spent today isn't necessarily a dollar spent in five years. Salary cap goes up, well, you give him a contract now, a dollar spent today may be 60 cents down the road, and Jimmy Haslam's willing to spend it, so it keeps the Browns, their cash flow up, and it keeps them under what you, would, you may think on paper constricts you from making moves. Well, no, he's just pushing the money down the road, you keep pushing it down. Eventually, you have to pay up, but when the salary cap's so high, it doesn't kill you. And two, he knows that Jimmy is willing to do that. And this is what makes the Browns and Jimmy Haslam different than other situations. I'm going to use Dalvin Tomlinson, for example. You guys ready for this? I didn't even understand it was this uncommon across the league, but this is why Jimmy Haslam, like him, hate him, he spends, and this is what, this is what helps. So Dalvin signed that four-year, $57 million contract last right. year, right? 27 and a half of that guaranteed. Dalvin essentially got $25 million guaranteed the day he signed. So the Browns, in essence, have paid Dalvin Tomlinson at this point close to $30 million, 25 guaranteed plus his salary from last season. Do you know what his cap hit was last year? It was probably like a million dollars or something like that. Probably, I want to say $2 million. So they've paid him close to $30 million, right? His cap hit last year was $4.37 million. His cap hit this year is $6.5 million. So on the books, Dalvin Tomlinson has cost the Browns $10 million so far. He's made thirty. Why? Because Jimmy can spend, give guys money up front in bonuses, and that's what allows the Browns to go after some free agents, where the Bengals, that's the whole issue, they don't have the cash up front. So big picture, yeah, the cap helps everybody, cap increase helps everybody, but it specifically helps teams like the Browns who can get creative in giving guys bonuses up front because Jimmy has the cash and the liquidation to pay these guys and not destroy their cap that, hit on That's the back why end. other owners don't like Jimmy. His pocket's deeper than theirs. Yeah. He's playing a whole different yeah. ballpark. And, and, and you know, I, you say what you want. I'm still trying to figure. I don't. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a different uh, age bracket. Like I don't. People go crazy about how Jimmy Haslam is not a good owner, and they they bring up the most obscure things. Like he doesn't let Kevin Stefanski do what he wants. Who cares? He's the owner. Have you ever seen any employee do everything they want? No. 
uh, you could yell at, well, he, he, he had the FBI flying pilot. I don't, I don't go to truck stops. I don't care. Nothing about that. The FBI should have got him and indicted him. And if they let him go, that's on them. <laughs> All I care about <laughs> is, is you going to cut that check when we need to get it done? Because at the end of the day, he's not playing no games on the field. Well, he, he had his, he had his grandchildren on the sidelines. Just the last, wouldn't it? I don't know. Last time I heard, when you're an owner, <clears throat> that's what they came up with the friends and family discount for. <laughs> I mean, he, like what you <laughs> right? just said, like it's it's funny because those are the ways that good owners and good GMs manipulate the salary cap, right? You keep the you keep the money off the books that's supposed yeah. to be off the books, so that you continue to go out here and get talent. You know, T. Higgins is off the market. I did this crazy ass list of wide receivers that the Browns should go after. It was crazy. Like <laughs> T. Higgins knew he wasn't gonna yeah, be wasn't gonna be on the market. Um, I really don't think Pittman Mike Evans. Like Evans. as bad as I want Pittman, they not letting Pittman no. go. They got a franchise quarterback that they just drafted. As much as we need a wide receiver, I wouldn't just throw crazy free agent dollars at anybody. I just it, like I get it. We need a legit number two, but I just started to come around to this like. Man, if I can get me a legit young pass rusher to go opposite of Miles Garrett, I'm doing that. Like, you know, I think it was Friday show. You all was like debating Brian Burns. Like, Brian Burns is that dude. That dude is him. Mm -hmm. And he's like 24, 25 years old. So you get him, you can lock him up long term and stop messing around with these one-year deals with these, you know, second-level veterans. Get you a real player. You know what I mean? That that can go opposite of Miles Garrett, and if that's where you spend your uh, cap dollars at, I would be more than happy with that. Oh no, they got like so you still need to get a wide receiver. I'm not saying yeah, that, you, but I'm just saying yeah. you, as you, the market starts to because the wide you, receiver market the, is the, not going to be what we think. The pass rushers available might be better of than a higher wide receiver than the actual receivers that's available to you. So, so so when you say when you say I'm not going to spend money after anybody, just any old body. You got a you got a, a face that pops in your head. Who is just an any old body that you ain't worth? You ain't trying to spend no money on. It's hard to say, y'all. I saw a Mary Kay put out an article over the weekend about salary cap. Hey Mary Kay, you know her column, and she put out some projections for Gabe Davis's contract. <laughs> okay. I, listen, the Browns do need another receiver. I don't view Gabe Davis in the same light okay. what others think he may be valued at. And now that everyone has money, I think a lot of guys this offseason are going to get a bag that they may not have gotten because everyone has a little more money to play Any with. Any old body is Gabe Davis. Well, no, but, like, I would take Gabe Davis. Like, I mean, I would take Gabe Davis, He's better too. than a lot of other options. I just... Like, don't, they were just don't at like a 55, don't, 60 million don't, dollar don't deal come for around trying to sell me on I signed Darnell Mooney. Oh, no, 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 no. That's what I mean. Oh, by no. Any, like, don't, hey, don't come around hey. here talking about... We didn't gave Darnell Mooney nah, like, like that's, some, that's some, Elijah, some crazy like, like four dollars. Year, 10 yeah. Million. yeah, that's don't, Elijah, don't do that. That's but. an Elijah Moore's cousin. That's his second cousin. I don't want Darnell Mooney in here. <laughs> Damn, that's his second cousin. Like they run around here, Minimoski. No. So real quick, uh, first off, I read a phenomenal article yesterday on Sumner Sports about free agency miss. If you guys want to read it, just hit me up on Twitter. I don't have the link on me. I'll find it in my my bookmarks, but I'll send it to you on Twitter was an awesome article. They pointed out two things. One, when I was mentioning about Andrew Barry pushing the void years and the contracts, right? Like, it can come back to bite you in the ass. The Buccaneers, even if they sign Mike Evans to a new contract. They sold him 14. 14 million in dead cap because they used all those void years. But guess what? Mike Evans has outlived the contract of the void. It comes back. So there, 
there are things that you're going to have to happen, and it's not always a perfect science, but I just trust Andrew Berry and the way he's manipulated the cap so far to continue to get the most maximization out of that 255 and change he can. Another thing we haven't talked about, and Earl, you kind of tried to bring this up on your Ultimate 216 show, and it was highlighted in the Sumner Sports article that, like, I'll, I'll tweet it out after the show. I'll send you guys the link. One thing it pointed out is the players who hit free agency in certain positions typically hit free agency for a reason. Now, a guy like T. Higgins never get free agency. So one of the things that this article suggested doing, and it wasn't Browns, it was just in general big picture ideas to free agency is trading for veterans who are underutilized or undervalued on their current team and using your capital, whether it's draft or cap space, to take on guys like that. And an example they pointed out was DJ Moore of Chicago last year. Yeah. Now, obviously, that was a part of a trade for the first overall pick, yada, yada. But I'm not sure what the cat, uh, the, the Browns, excuse me, whether it's Newsom in a second-round pick or it's someone else, what kind of package that can get you in terms of a player at a premium position. But instead of going out and overpaying for someone in free agency, rather overpaying draft capital for a proven commodity on a guy I think is better than the guys in free agency and I'm not sure what that deal is. I'm just throwing that general premise of an idea out there that I think I, I would be interested I've in the exactly Browns exploring. What you said, and honestly, they articulated way better the thought that I had because you knew exactly. Did you know, do you know article I'm referring to? Yeah, but yeah. you knew exactly where I was going when I was coming up with these different scenarios. We don't know what the free agent market is going to look like. And I'm going to tweet out that article right now. Okay, by the way. and typically when somebody hits free agency, there's a reason. There's a, a significant need for a cornerback, whether a number one or a no, number two cornerback for about 20 teams. And I was going through and I was reading on these teams that need a corner. And again, I know this is crazy, right? But Detroit, the Detroit Lions deployed three corners that are god awful. They gave up like 7.3 yards per attempt, which was third worst in the entire NFL. Meanwhile, we talk about we need somebody that can stretch the field that's not a little guy. Jamison Williams is six foot one, and the dude got wheels, right? Mm -hmm. Now, why would Detroit trade him? They have no incentive to trade somebody they just drafted in the first round two years ago. But last season, he had 24 receptions on just 42 targets. He's being underutilized because they got a mob Ross St. Brown. You got Sam Laporta. Uh, we don't know if Josh Reynolds is going to be back, but I would think he'll be back. He was the number one, number two wide receiver last year. And you got a running back in Jameer Gibbs who can catch the football out the backfield. So this is one of those things to where one hand washes the other. I'm Detroit. I got a damn good football team. I got a damn good offense, but I know like I need to cover wide receivers and I got weak cornerbacks. I don't know what this market is going to look like. Talk, right? your, talk so, your stuff. But talk your and, and stuff, Earl. Berry, talk to him. Like, hold talk on. to him, Earl. Hold on, That's man. what I like to Let hear. Let me see if I can finesse yes. you out of Jamison Williams if I can. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give you Greg Newsom because <laughs> I'm more likely to pay Martin Emerson Jr. than I am Greg Newsom anyway. Talk to them. So let me see if we can try to kind of like work out a deal. And then I'll see you in the Super Bowl. Talk to that, man. Nice. So to... Earl's point, we're going to talk about this later <laughs> in the week with Ty. I'm saving this for when Tybus is here. You tried to save that, but and Earl got into no, your no, bag. No, 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 it, <laughs> it, It's all fair. We when he get in that Jamison Williams bag? I love Mina, that deal. Mina Kimes put out a tweet the other day, and I like Mina. I don't know how you guys feel. I think she's really like smart her. when it comes to really football like stuff. She was like, I was going through every team in the NFL's major need this offseason. Like 20 of them, I have defensive back cornerback as one of their top two major needs, which means – in a vacuum, Greg Newsom's value may be one thing, 
it's supply and demand G. So we're talking a Newsom for somebody potential trade if the Browns want to go that I route, like that. where Newsom's value now is increased by the fact that there just aren't that many good cover guys in the league and teams may be willing to pay a premium price on it. So just something to keep in the back of your mind as the Browns look to either utilize free agency, the draft, a trade, all the above to improve the overall caliber we, of their roster. And, and Jamison, I think Jamison Williams got suspended too, didn't he? I yeah, mean, we didn't miss time, dude. But, but I'm just trying yeah, to like, like, I'm, I'm just saying, up, like, oh, you're I'm jumping up interest. A, yeah, you can't trust. I, I'm jumping. I'm jumping up a narrative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe y'all just need to do. Y'all need to change the scenery. It's just it ain't working out. Golf, like he ain't get no touches. They throw the rentals more. They got Laporte. You might as well go get. Listen, we can't give you the two, but we could give you the, do some in the three though. Because it's it's not even like Jamison Williams has lived up to his potential, yeah. right? Like this dude was supposed to be the next big thing. All I'm saying is a change of scenery might do him some good. Hey. That's a position to where I feel like if I'm Detroit, man, I, I, I got people that can catch the football. I like this. I game. ain't got nobody who I, can really cover these wide receivers. It's crazy. I like the idea. I don't think well, it's probably won't happen. Years happen do but it, but like, I, I, love, I love the premise of it. Like, I like it. Did, it this, is, this is one of them joints where you're like, damn. Why didn't I think of that scheme? That was a crazy like because Jamison Williams got first round talent. He been injured a little bit. They ain't getting them to rock. Well, do you know what? Yeah. My, my big fear and why I think they want to do it is if you look in the playoffs. He, he they, was starting to get more involved. They, they force fed Jamison Williams all the time. So like I said, I, I love Carl and I love the idea. They, I just they, don't think there's yeah. any chance in the world that particular one plays Oof. out. But I do I like think that and we're gonna explore some other options later in the week. So, so real quick, the chances that we acquired a wide receiver that we know we need via trade or or via free agency, what you think uh, is more likely? I think it's more likely via trade. I wouldn't hate like, I think if you get a player via trade, it's probably gonna be a better guy than you could sign in free agency. I agree with you. I so agree. We'll, I agree. we'll see what happens. I think it's more likely free agency, just because like if Ayuk was to hit the market. There are teams with first-round picks that I think you'd be able to put a more valuable package together. But at the end of the day, I, I, we, I think we've learned if AB's cooking up a trade, it's probably going to end up pretty well for the Browns. And, and I know we got our guests. So you want to do a read? We'll bring in Michael Dean Perry here. Yeah, guys, before we bring in our guests, I want to remind you that you can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You guys can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and much more. You guys just have to visit FanDuel.com UCSS and shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.